0: Hi there, my name's Andy. And I want to tell you about a book that has changed my life, that has changed my Christian life. It's called The Ragamuffin Gospel by, um, by Brendan Manning, not Bernard Manning. And it's, um, it's an amazing book. But before I tell you about the book, I want to tell you a little bit about my life. I grew up in a Christian home and I knew the gospel, or at least a version of the gospel. And my idea of God was someone who was big and powerful, and mighty and the sort of judge of everything. And my idea of Jesus was the one who died for me. And my, my, my thinking was very sort of cruciform. It all came around the cross, the idea that it's all about Jesus who died for us. And there's something good about that, that actually the cross is the central event of human history where Jesus died and rose again. But I got kind of trapped in that way of thinking. I kind of used to feel like I was never good enough. And like I was always messing up and my life was fairly filled with guilt and shame. And however hard I tried, and I did really try hard to be a good Christian, to be a follower of Jesus. And yet I always felt like I was like a, I was like a hamster on that wheel, kind of working hard, but never feeling like I, I achieved it. Always feeling like I failed, always feeling like God was angry and disappointed in me. And then as I grew up, um, more and more things became more and more tempting. And I, so I ended up feeling more and more guilty and more and more, which pushed me up further and further away from God. And I remember one time just bumping into this guy called Kevin. Um, when I, was, I, I literally was so stressed and so like struggling with my whole thought process that I went for a walk um, one, one Sunday evening and ran into my friend when um, I was just out and about trying to clear my head. And Kevin ran the Christian bookshop, actually, in Eastbourne. And he said, oh, I know the book for you. Um, it's called The Ragamuffin Gospel. And um, I was fairly sceptical. Um, I thought it might be liberal. That was, that was the ultimate insult for everything. Oh, it's liberal, yeah. Um, and, but I read it, and it talked about the grace of God. You see, too often I'd heard verses that said things like, you're enemies of God. You know, even our good works are like filthy rags. We were objects of wrath, all that sort of stuff. And it's all true. In one sense, we can't save ourselves. We are fallen people who are broken. But yet, as I read this book, I discovered there's a greater truth. The fact that, you know, um, Genesis chapter 3 does say that we've all messed up. He does tell the fool. And, And Paul does say that in Romans, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But the verse continues, but God, the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. And if we look at um, the fall of human beings, the bit before that is a God who created us in his image as bearers of the image of God. And I began to realize that it wasn't just a God who managed to somehow rescue us by, by, by dying on the cross. Almost I had this idea a bit like, um, a, bit like a Rottweiler where you throw them throw them a, a, a stake or something, and the, the Rottweiler goes after the stake and you manage to scrape through and just about made it. That was almost, that was almost it was never quite settled like that, but that was almost the image and theology that sometimes went behind uh, my idea of how I thought about the cross. The message was, you are sinful, but Jesus has died for you. And there is a truth in that, but it's only half the truth. As I read the book, The Ragamuffin Gospel, I realised that the bigger truth is that God so loved. See, that word so makes such a difference. But God so loved the world, that even though I've messed up, even though I fail, even though I've got it wrong, God's love is bigger and greater and runs to meet me. This book broke me, this book changed my life. I realized that God wasn't an angry God waiting for me to mess up, to, to tell me off, to roll his eyes at me, to, to tut, to, 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 to show his disapproval. That God wasn't saying, oh no, Andy, done it again but instead God was rooting for me to succeed. God wanted me to thrive. Jesus came to show us how to live a life a different way, but yet he also comes with the Holy Spirit to empower us and enable us. And when we fall down, he's a God who picks us back up and gives us another chance. For me, the greatest moment where I realized something of God's character and heart was when I held my baby girl um, a few hours after she'd been born. And she hadn't done anything really, but my wife quite sick. <laughs> well, then my wife quite sick. Um, but I loved her. And I'd have done anything for her. And whereas that's how God sees us. He loves us. He loves us. He loves you with an everlasting love. You are precious and honored in my sight. A God who rejoices over us with singing. A slightly better translation is a God who whoops with delight and spins around like a top. That's what, um, that's how, um, Mike Plovacchi translates that passage, a God who delights in us, a God who loved us so much that he's prepared to give up everything, even his life, to rescue us. Jesus doesn't die on the cross and say, earn this. He says, I did this for you because I love you. And my love is greater than your sin there's a song by Stuart Townsend that says it was my sin that held him there until it was accomplished. It's not true, actually. It wasn't my sin that held him there. My sin didn't compel Jesus to die. No, Jesus chose to die because he loved me. If anything held him there, it was his love and his commitment and that self-giving love that held him there. And this is the the gospel I found in the book called The Ragamuffin Gospel. It's It's a greater truth, and yet it... I suddenly realised a whole different perspective on God. A God who wasn't this scary, remote headmaster, this this guy with rolling eyes and a wagging finger, but a God who is described by Jesus in Luke 15, who runs to meet us, covering us covering us with his embrace that covers our shame and restoring us with his love. A God who says, looks at us and says, you are worth dying for because you are precious. That old cliche that we've all done. How much does God love us? This much? No, this much that he held out his arms and died. Jesus' death says that you are so precious. And I, like I say, this book completely changed me. But it didn't just change the way it looked for my horizontal relationship, which is a big part of the book, saying get your thinking about God right. It also talks about grace healed, eyes. The thing is, when we've experienced that awesome love of God that changes everything, that changes how we see one another. You see, we can't be like the um, story in the the Bible of a guy gets forgiven a small debt who goes off and, uh, sorry, a large debt. A guy gets forgiven a large debt who goes off and beats a servant and throws him into prison for a small debt. When we've experienced grace, We need to be dispensers of that grace. Jesus says of um, the woman who, who anoints him and washes his feet, been forgiven little, loves little. Who's been forgiven much, loves much. As we've experienced grace, we need to be dispensers of grace to other people. We need to know how much we've been loved so that we can show that love to other people. Jesus says, By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, that you love one another. See how the Father, and John says this, see how the Father has lavished his love upon you, that you may be called children of God, because that is who you are. Jesus calls us to love one another as he has loved us. And when we think of how he's loved us, that is the embodiment of commitment, of self-giving love. Love personified love with skin on in fact incarnation literally means with me love wearing flesh is Jesus love shows us who God is as George Herbert said love that bade me welcome yet I drew back full of guilt and shame and yet God says come to my banqueting table and your banner over me is love so as I read this book I was profoundly changed by my relationship with God. And yet also it realized that I, had to be prof- I was profoundly changed too by how I looked at each other, how I looked at other people. Because when I was feeling bad, when I was living under guilt, shame and condemnation, it was very easy to point the finger to say, at least I'm not like this, at least I'm not like that. Well, I might feel bad about this, but I haven't done that or I haven't done this, or, or maybe that isn't a problem for me. So my challenge is for all of us, Yeah, read the ragamuffin gospel. It'll blow your mind. It'll warm your heart. It'll yeah, it'll help us realize just how much God loves you. But more than that, we need to be people who experience God's grace and his love deeply so that we can share it widely, generously and extravagantly. So my challenge is read the ragamuffin gospel. If you can't find that, another great book is by Philip Yancey and it's called What's So Amazing About Grace? Because believe me, Grace is amazing. So I guess what I'm saying is a couple of great books, but one of the key things I believe this generation and we all need to discover is what grace means afresh. Because unless we really discover grace, we're going to live in a Christianity that looks more like the Pharisees than Jesus. That is more like the older brother than the younger one we will end up with a very pious, self-righteous Christianity, rather than a Christianity that looks like Jesus and meets people where they need it the most. So yeah, read the books, but most of all, Encounter Grace.